0: It's Friday, February the 19th, 2021, and you're listening to the Cassidy Voices podcast channel on Anchor. My name is Dr. Wes Fryer, and I'm happy to welcome you to another episode of Cassidy Voices, a podcast production by students and teachers at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City. This episode features three new interviews by sixth graders Cammie, William, and Scarlett, interviewing their parents about what life was like for them growing up and how things were different than they are today in 2021. You can learn more about this Family Oral History Interview Project, access additional interviews, and access both this lesson and others in our 6th grade media literacy class by visiting mdtech.cassidy.org. Look for the Audio Interviews link, or under Lessons, look for Family Oral History Interviews. You can also visit our Cassidy podcast channel directly on Anchor by visiting anchor.fm slash Cassidy, which is spelled C-A-S-A-D-Y. Without further ado, here's our show.
1: Hello. My name is Cami Matthews, and today is January 5th, 2020. Today, I am interviewing Travis Matthews about important experiences that shaped his life. This is part of an oral history project we are working on at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City for our sixth grade digital and media literacy class. Welcome to my podcast interview, Travis. Today, I'm, in- I'm so glad that you can join me. Can we start by having you introduce yourself to our audience a little bit?
2: Hi, and uh, let me take this opportunity to thank you for inviting me to your podcast. It's a great honor to be, I believe, your first uh, guest ever, I believe. That's awesome. Um, Hello, I am Cammie's father, Travis Matthews. Happy to be here and uh, honored to be your first inaugural guest.
1: All right. Well, starting off with question number one, when and where were you born? And what were your favorite memories from there?
2: I was born in 1977 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. That's the capital of Alberta, for those of you following along at home listening. And um, it's also a great cowboy town, as well as very similar to uh, oil and gas production that we see here in Oklahoma City. Um, some of my favorite memories when I was growing up, and I only lived there until I was four. I had my fifth birthday in Oklahoma City, so I guess you'd say I'm more oaky now than I am Canuck, which is a slang for Canadians, FYI. Um, was, um, really, I remember the, the front and backyard at my first house that I grew up in, and it was on uh, Spy Hill Lane in Calgary. And in the backyard, there was a raspberry bush, and I do remember... Picking raspberries off that bush with my brother and eating those raspberries. Aside from that, uh, the rest of it is Oklahoma history. Okay.
1: Thank you. Up next is question number two. Did you get into any trouble? What is the worst thing you did when you were younger?
2: Oh, what a uh, leading question, Cam. I uh, would love to tell you I was a perfect angel growing up. However, um, I believe I grew up very similar to how even most boys grow up now, with even less technology. I think probably um, just the first thing that pops into my head, uh, I believe when I was in a grade very similar to yours, either sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, it would have to have been middle school. And I believe that uh, my brother and I went down the street to uh, one of the neighborhood kids in the neighborhood. His name was Nathan Yates. Uh, I don't ever forget this guy because I'm still friends with him to this day. And um, it must have been seventh grade because that was the first year that we all had our own uniforms that we had to wear in very similar fashion Would you guys bring to Cassidy School and wear. However, um, and this particular day, it was a, either a Labor Day holiday or a three-day weekend, I forget and Nathan's parents had uh, they were at work and we ended up having to uh, have access to his landline no back in the day we didn't have cell phones there was only about two lines in a house period upstairs and downstairs and the downstairs line at Nathan's house had a answering machine back then it wasn't digital at all it was done on tape so we could record our phone calls and so I think one of the funniest things we ever had happened on and also, one of the ways that we got in trouble was, I think we phone called, we prank called Sports Unlimited. It was a large sports store, very similar to Dick Sporting Goods or Academy. And we asked for the athletic support section or just the team sports section. And we attempted to impersonate Coach Pinkerton uh, from our junior high at the time. He had a distinct way of speaking. And we ended up trying to order a bulk order of jock scraps and it was quantity 100, and the poor sales associate on the other line probably thought it was a hoax because we were trying to order so many of, of these particular jock Uh At any rate, it didn't work. The order didn't get placed, and uh, we forgot to throw away the tape. And so when Nathan's parents came back from work, uh, they checked the tape that was on the answering machine and discovered three boys giggling on a phone line, pretending to be their PE coach trying to order male athletic supporters in large quantities. Uh,
1: yeah. Ah, prank calling. Very nice. So, question number four. Oh, um, my, uh, I actually skipped question number three. Um, well, what has been your biggest accomplishment so far in life, and what was the year or time and place that it happened?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked that question. There was probably no bigger accomplishment, and I I think a lot of my friends can also attest to this as well, as to becoming a father. And that would have happened about 11 years ago, almost 12 now, if my memory serves, back in 2009. Yeah, that would have been the the birthday, if I'm not mistaken, kind of that birth year. But uh, yeah, and it was something that I absolutely wanted to be. And um, I find great pride and hopefully if you could back me on that, great success in being a dad. So at any rate, I would say that would be the biggest accomplishment thus far of my uh, wonderful 43 year old existence on this little blue and green marble we call Earth. Anyway, back to you.
1: Aw, thanks. So glad I have your biggest accomplishment. Okay, now actually, question number four. Did you or do you still have a nickname, and how would you get it, and who gave it to you?
2: Yeah, so you can never give yourself your own nickname, FYI, just in case you didn't know, Cam. And it has to be always given to you from others. And in a lot of cases, it's usually from an incident or a background. And in this case, uh, the nickname I was so lovingly given was in Canada when I was playing junior hockey. This was a league that uh, many Canadian kids play into uh, as a feeder system to the NHL. That is the pro league for the National Hockey League. At any rate, um, I grew up in Oklahoma, but I played all my hockey after I graduated high school in Canada in a uh, province called Saskatchewan, in even a smaller town called Saskatoon. But at any rate, None of the people there knew where Oklahoma was. And they knew I talked funny with a weird accent. Not so weird to us, because we're from here, but at the same time, it definitely wasn't Canadian accent. And so they knew where Texas was, but just not Oklahoma. So hence the nickname Tex stuck with me the entire time. And to this day, my friends that I am still in contact with, still to this day, call me Tex. Uh, Some of the people on some of the other teams, they knew that uh, It was Oklahoma, but they couldn't remember it, so I even got called California a couple times. That nickname did not stick. Texted.
1: (laughs) All right, Tex. So um, next up, it's question number five. And do you have any siblings, and what were they like growing up? And uh, also, how many years apart are you from them?
2: I have just one younger brother. I'm one year and eight months older than him. Um, his name is Terry Matthews or Terrence, Michael Matthews. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, things just having a younger brother was like having a partner in crime. And like in referring back to my earlier statements, um, it's not as if we were perfect angels. In fact, I would say almost the antithesis in the opposite direction for a lot of our childhood growing up. So, um, I, if, you were to say that I was the straw that stirred the drink. My brother would have been the drink. So we were pretty inseparable uh, growing up in Oklahoma City. Uh, we went through you know the same schooling and a lot of times walked the same hall, so we'd see each other both in elementary and junior high at the time. It wasn't called middle school back then, and in high school. But um, yeah, uh, we grew up K through twelve uh, together. So. Um, Anyway, yeah, we had uh, great memories and great fun uh, together.
1: Okay, well, that was the last question. And I'm so happy that I got to interview you today on important experiences that shaped your life. And it was a pleasure interviewing you.
2: Well, I appreciate being on. Hopefully uh, you get downloaded a whole lot as this as uh, your intro podcast, and uh, it has it has been a great time. i felt comfortable the entire time, and you're a great interviewer. Um, wonderful questions, and uh, I felt very at ease. So thank you for having me. I hope I'm invited back. Thank you.
3: All right. Goodbye. Hello, my name is William, and today is February 9th. Today I'm interviewing my mom about her experiences that shaped her life. This is a part of an oral history project we are working on at Cassie School in Oklahoma City for a 6th grade digital media literacy class. Welcome to my podcast interview, Mom. I'm so glad you could join. Can we start by having you introduce
4: yourself to our audience a little bit? Of course. My name is Katie Altshuler. I'm Williams' mother, and I am so pleased to be with you here this evening. So question one, who is
3: someone who had a great influence on your life?
4: Well, I would say there are a number of people that have had a great influence in my life. Uh, Most importantly, my parents and many of my teachers at Heritage Hall. But I think the single greatest influence on my life was my grandmother, Jean Gummerson. She was a constant source of encouragement for me and really encouraged me to follow my dreams and told me every day of my life that I could do whatever I wanted to do in this world. Question two, what was your first job? My first job after college was working in the U.S. Senate for Senator Don Nichols from Oklahoma. And it was Jean, my grandmother, that introduced me to politics and kind of sparked that that love. And so I ended up working in the U.S. Senate for 10 years. Question three. What was your most memorable experience working at your job? That is a very hard question to answer because there were so many over the 10 years. I was so lucky uh, to work in the Capitol and get to see and do a lot of the things that I did but I would say overall my most memorable experience was working in the U.S. Capitol on a third floor office on September 11th in 2001 and um, obviously that's a day I think that is seared in many people's memories but I will never forget having to be evacuated out of the building that day um, but an even More important memory for me was coming back to work the very next morning at 7 a.m. So we could show the world that uh, that we were still in business and we were were open and and operating in the U.S. Capitol. Why did you move back to Oklahoma
3: from Washington, D.C.?
4: Well, it was not an easy choice because your dad and I loved Washington, D.C., but it's a very fast-paced, high-pressure place and way of life. And so we thought it would be better to raise a family in Oklahoma. So that's why we moved home. And the last question, what's the best part about being home in Oklahoma? Well, the best part about being at home in Oklahoma is, of course being here um, close to family um so that we have extended family and that we get to raise you guys here together with with all of those people and i've also been lucky enough to work um in state government in oklahoma and get to do some really fun and exciting things for uh for the state of oklahoma in that capacity as well
3: and that's the end of the podcast Hello, my name is Scarlett, and today is January 3rd, 2021. Today I'm interviewing David, or as I call him, Dad, about memories of his childhood and how it is different than it is for kids today. This is part of an oral history project we are working on at Cassidy School in Oklahoma City for our sixth grade digital and media literacy class. Welcome to my podcast interview, Dad. I'm so glad you can join me. Can we start by having you introduce yourself to our audience a little bit?
5: Thanks for having me, Scarlett. It's an honor to be here with you. I am 51 years old. We are happy Oklahomans. We've been here for about eight years. And I'm looking forward to what you have to ask me today.
3: Great. Well, let's get started. Um, What did you do for fun as a kid?
5: Well, we played outdoors a lot more. We... um, we would pretty much have the old come home when the street lights come on for dinner uh, mentality. And we had a lot more free reign to go to different places and do different things. Uh, but we had less things to play with. We had to use our imagination a little bit more.
3: Did you ever have a tree house in your backyard?
5: Not in my backyard, but we had them in the neighborhood and other people had them. And we built forts in the woods a lot, too.
3: That would be really fun to do now. Um, how was your childhood different from my childhood today?
5: So, I think probably the biggest difference was is that we didn't have access to as much information all the time as you guys do.
3: Like internet and stuff?
5: Internet, your phone, computer, just the media that you get to be exposed to. uh, There isn't a whole lot of stuff that you can't learn about pretty quickly. So... I think y'all grow up more informed than we did.
3: Yeah. Um, what did you or what was one of your favorite memories from when you were a child?
5: I loved summer. Summer was um, summer camp, traveling, going to the beach, going to see some of the national parks. I really liked summertime because um, long, lazy days. Going down to the pool, not too different than what you guys do now, but just less of it and more more time to just kind of while away the days.
3: Yeah. Um, and my final question is, what was um what was your school like when you grew up? Like, did you have um, was it far? Did you bike there? You take the bus.
5: I went to public schools, and so. Where my parents moved when I was a kid was determined where I went to school. So the school was down the street, the elementary school, and then the middle school was just a little bit farther, and then the high school was just a little bit farther than that, and then the senior high school was just a little bit farther than that. So I never really got too far away from from where I grew up, but the difference was is we rode our bikes to school a lot, Mm -hmm. and... You know, our classrooms, we you know we had a teacher and kids in the classroom, we took breaks for lunch, we had recess, just like you guys all do. We yeah. had our books. But when we would watch a we would watch something called film strips, which were pictures that they would turn on a projector as opposed to like a video. Very rarely did we get to watch videos because it was really expensive to make videos. Now it's not as expensive, so they make yeah. videos for schools. But it was just film strips. Um,
3: That'd be cool to watch today.
5: We, we all, yeah, you'd be bored quickly. The <laughs> other thing too is that our, um, we didn't like you guys do algebra in middle school. We didn't do algebra till high school.
3: Really? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. So y'all do a whole lot more advanced stuff quicker, and I think that's because you you have a more developed um, pre-K than we did. Our pre-K yeah. was mostly about playtime. Your pre-K actually, y'all learned something. So I think you're (laughs) already you as a sixth grader compared to me as a sixth grader. You're a whole lot smarter than I was.
3: Yeah, I um I remember in pre-K, I would go to I'd be in the purple area, and um my teacher Chaudry. (laughs) Yeah, she would have me lay out number strips. I remember that. Um, how many people did you have in a classroom?
5: A little bit bigger than you, Remember, I went to public schools, so I'd say more like 20 kids in a class with one teacher.
3: Oh, wow. I remember in second grade, I had like 17.
5: Sometimes 30.
3: Oh. Wow, 30 kids. That'd be
5: mm. interesting
3: to see. How many yeah. kids did you have in your grade?
5: Oh, when you graduated. I'd say from high school, mm-hmm. 1,595. Oh, my gosh. So that's bigger than the whole Cassidy School and then some. It was the biggest graduating class in the state of Texas back in 1988. Wow. So lots and lots of people. I went to graduation. I sat in the graduation between two people I'd never seen before in my life.
3: Really? Yep. So you didn't even know everybody in your
5: No, class. gosh, no. I knew a lot of them, but I didn't know everybody.
3: Wow. That'd be 1595. It's a big number of kids. Huge. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for letting me interview you for my uh, podcast, David. (laughs) Or should I say dad? Um, It was a lot of fun.
5: It was my pleasure, Miss Scarlett. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cassidy Voices Podcast. Our music on this episode is Senshut by Sasha Endy, shared under a Creative Commons license on filmmusic.io. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel, which you can find by visiting anchor.fm Cassidy. We encourage you to create and share your own oral history interviews with your family, friends, and neighbors. More resources about creating oral history interviews are available on the StoryCorps website at StoryCorps dot o-r-g